I think it's probably my age because it's directly related to my body, but it's also other people's perception of me. And I feel like I look pretty young for my age, except for my neck. <laughs> Your neck is beautiful. <laughs> but I always use moisturizer and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't my mother tell me to moisturize my neck? Because I see those wrinkles and I'm like, oh, I am old. Er. But I came from a place where my mom was 40 when I was born. And in 1970, that was old. Yeah. And my mom was an amazing role model. So I do fall back on that when I'm trying to think about how to self-love myself because my mom definitely taught me it was very important to take care of yourself. And what's the opposite of getting old? I don't know. Death. That's a great question. It's death. <laughs> It really, but I mean, true. you know, like I feel my neck, I, I, I've got like this new kind of double chin. I'm getting like more wrinkles in my neck as well. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of into it. Yeah. That's where I came to be. Right. It's like my hair. People comment on my hair all the time. My hair is very thick, but I also don't color my hair. So I think people, I, I have a friend in sales who said to me one day when we were at a meeting, we're the only two people here that have our natural hair color. And so I was like, oh, that is why people comment on my hair all the time, because it has a lot of gray or white in it. Um, and so I just have come to this place where this is who I am. I, I love who I am. And I also know my whole life I have had people who really love me and people who I totally rub the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's just where I need to get back to, mm -hmm. because not everybody else has to love me. I only need to love me. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. Hello, everybody. We are here today with Melanie Underwood. Welcome, Melanie. Hi. Thank Hi. you for having me. I love that you're here. Um, Melanie has been a culinary educator for 25 years, and I want to hear a lot more about that as we chat. And um, your book, Ar Making Artisan Cheesecake, was published in 2015, which makes me hungry just thinking about it. Um, and you've contributed to a bunch of cookbooks, right? Yes. And uh, is it safe to say food is your passion? Food is my passion. I worked as a pastry chef before I became an instructor. Nice. So, and I grew up on a farm. Where? Virginia. Nice. So, yeah, I love I love all things food. I worked in restaurants a bit in my 20s, and it was before cell phones, and I started as the hostess. And so I would have to get there super, super early to answer the phone to get the reservations for the evening because you couldn't, you know, redirect calls at that point. And it was me and the pastry chef. She would also get there yes, early in the morning, early. and she would bring me little treats. It was like, oh, so good. Food makes people feel good, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of food, if you went out to lunch with your body, Melanie, what question would your body ask you? It would ask me, where have you been? Mm. And where have you been? I think I got lost during the pandemic because I'm such an outgoing person and I love people. 
and I struggled because I wasn't I was at home with my family, but I'm a person that was out four nights, four days a week, you know, meeting people, connecting. And so I turned to definitely alcohol and food, which is my tendency to do so if I'm stressed. And sometimes I can get a grip on it and be like, okay, whoa. But I think because it was so long and ongoing and I felt trapped, I just, you know, day drinking, night drinking, and I gained almost 20 pounds during the pandemic. Well, rest assured that you're not alone there. I mean, I know that I, during the pandemic, I went up like 10 pounds. I went down 10 pounds. Like it was such a wickedly long, unpredictable time that a lot of us without routine and without familiar circumstances went to what was easy, right? Yes. Food, food. for many of us and, and alcohol for many as well. Um, so how would you respond to your body when she asked this? I think it would be, I'm coming back because, you know, as you said, sort of that loss of routine. And for me, that loss of connection is coming back. And I had to shift back to the other side and find myself in the middle Mm. and just realize, you know, okay, here's where you need to be. Here's what you need to do to get where you want to be and feel the way I want to feel about myself. Because I realized I think I was at the store purchasing something and I was changing clothes and I looked in the mirror and I was like, I don't know that person because I, I don't even know if it was so much the mirror. I think it was a photo actually that I saw because in a photo I said, who is that person? Literally, I didn't know it was me. That's impactful. It was impactful because I also was like, I don't want to be that person because it isn't who I see myself as. So it's almost as if like you love yourself, right? But who you are is not who you think you are. So it's hard to love. Right. Physically not matching up with what I feel I'm projecting is definitely something that's hard for me. And how could self-love play a role in this place where you are right now? Because I mean, for me, I, I typically really, I actually really love myself and I feel really good about myself. And so I think I just kind of had to tap into that part of me and remember that First of all, I'm okay the way that I am. Beautiful. I'm still alive. I've got my whole life going for me. But physically, I want to be a little bit different. And so I was like, I just need to get back on track and start exercising. And I, I actually quit drinking just because I felt like that was the most beneficial thing for me. Because for me, I don't feel – I feel okay, but I feel much better when I'm not drinking. Yeah, well, I think that a lot of people find that and good for you for taking a move. I am thrilled to introduce you to my newest course. Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. Your love centers are the main areas in your life that you put your energy into. Our goal together is to encompass these centers with conscious, compassionate self-love so that this boundless and self-expanding love can grow into the life we have always known we were meant to live. Someone once asked me, what are you waiting for? This one question sparked a light in my soul. At the time, I was living unconsciously, without intention, without awareness, without love or balance. Bringing conscious, compassionate self-love to our love centers allows us to identify where we are placing our energy and where we need or want fulfillment. Now I ask you, what are you waiting for? Join me. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. What has been the greatest struggle that you have had with your body? I think it's probably my age. 
because it's directly related to my body, but it's also other people's perception of me. And I feel like I look pretty young for my age, except for my neck. <laughs> Your neck is beautiful. <laughs> but I always use moisturizer and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't my mother tell me to moisturize my neck? Because I see those wrinkles and I'm like, oh, I am older. But I came from a place where my mom was 40 when I was born. And in 1970, that was old. Yeah. And my mom was an amazing role model. So I do fall back on that when I'm trying to think about how to self-love myself because my mom definitely taught me it was very important to take care of yourself. And what's the opposite of getting old? I don't know. Death. That's a great question. It's death. <laughs> <laughs> I really, but I mean, it's true. you know, like I feel my neck, I, I, I've got like this new kind of double chin. I'm getting like more wrinkles in my neck as well. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of into it. Yeah. That's where I came to be. Right. It's like my hair. People comment on my hair all the time. My hair is very thick, but I also don't color my hair. So I think people, I, I have a friend in sales who said to me one day when we were at a meeting, we're the only two people here that have our natural hair color. And so I was like, oh, that is why people comment on my hair all the time, because it has a lot of gray or white in it. Um, and so I just have come to this place where this is who I am. I, I love who I am. And I also know my whole life I have had people who really love me and people who I totally rub the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's just where I need to get back to mm -hmm. because not everybody else has to love me. I only need to love me. Absolutely. And knowing you and loving you and like having an awareness of what that encompasses so that you're able to say like, who is that woman in the picture? Wow, that's not me. Like not, I hate myself for being as I am, but you know, this thing because of this global pandemic that was so out of our control, unexpected, unprepared, unplanned. Like because of that, there's been shifts that don't align with who I know I am and who I love, but yet I'm exactly as I'm meant to be right now is amazing because it's that springboard into growth and change and like finding opportunity. I couldn't agree more. I, I never have hated myself and I never will. <laughs> because I think I have a lot to offer to myself and others. And I always joke that the people that I rub the wrong way are the people that kind of wallow in their own shit. And I'm not that person because as soon as something's not going the way I want it to, I really think now what? Because I just need to move through it and make the best of it because that's all I've got in the moment. And where did you pick up that attitude? My mom. Mm. Definitely. I mean, that was her. She she was just this force beyond. And I was thinking a lot about this before I came. When I would ever complain about myself when I was younger, my mother, not in a guilty way, would say, you've got your feet. You can stand on your feet. There are people who don't have that. And I just remember that all the time. Like, I have a lot going for me and I can get through anything. My mother would always say something to me about like my mother was a model. And so when people would be like, oh, your daughter's like pretty or whatever, she'd be like, yeah, that and a token will get her a ride on the subway. Like she always <laughs> made sure to like make me know that like it was worth something, but not all that much. Yes. Right. Like um, so what do you love about yourself? Physically, I think I love my hair and my eyes. 
because I think they, I do think the eyes, you know, just tell so much about a person. And so for me, I know like my eyes are really warm, caring, loving. And I think that's why I love them the most. I love the picture you sent me of yourself for this podcast because I asked for pictures for social media and everything for these. And your picture, it's so beautiful. Like it's so inviting. And what I love is you can't even see your whole face, <laughs> Yeah. but I can totally... Like, I have goosebumps in my legs talking about it. Like, I could feel your energy from that picture. Like, it's perfect. So good. Thank you. I, I do love that picture because yeah. I do feel that way about it when I see it. Describe it so people know yeah. what we're talking about. Um, I'm in my kitchen, and I had a photographer at my house taking photos for my website. And I I picked up an orange with something I was doing, and I just instinctively went to smell it. And then she snapped that photo just at that moment. And often people will say to me, your eyes are so intense. Yeah. <clears throat> but I feel like in that moment, they were a little bit softer and people really could get to know me. Yeah. Yeah. It made me excited to meet you in person. Thank you. In real life. IRL, as they say. So you said those are the physical things you like about yourself. Go deeper. What else do you love about yourself? I love that I'm super confident and that nobody's going to break me. I actually was listening to that Beyonce song, Break My Soul. I was like, I could have written that. That's, awesome. That's my motto. That's very cool. When do you feel the most sort of like fulfilled and comfortable in your own skin? Like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, paint the picture for me. I am with other people mm -hmm. and I am probably cooking in some capacity, whether it's teaching or making them dinner. Because I have five sisters, so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm the youngest. I, I say, oh, my gosh, because I have um, three brothers. Oh, my gosh. Three sons, three nephews. The last six cousins in my family were boys. Wow. So, like, I joke that I swim in a sea of testosterone, but it's not a fucking joke. No. Like... That's not a joke. <laughs> that's insane. So I just, just can't imagine what your life is like. Well, I'm the youngest... And the closest in age to me is 10 years older than me. And I feel like my dad wanted a boy. Uh -huh. And so he did things with me in the 70s that most fathers were not doing with their girls. He was taking me fishing. We were changing tires. He was showing me how to fix cars. We were going to car races. So I have a tremendous amount of masculine energy as a result of that. But my mom was like the perfect yin to his yang. Yeah. So it was a good balance that I got. Um, but so, you know, cooking always brings me this place of where I know I help others because cooking is just one medium to get through to something else. Because I one question people ask me all the time is, how are you so confident? I want to be that confident. I want to feel like I don't give a shit about what people think about me. And I think that takes practice. And both my parents were like that, so I saw it. But I think through cooking, I show people how to do that and how to feel good about themselves and how to be, you know, have perseverance. And it just cooking just can bring all these things to someone's life and so much joy. But it is for me secondary because when I'm working with people, there's this whole undercurrent of things that we're working on. And I to me it's very important to make an impact. That's actually all I really care about. It's what I want to do before I die is make sure that I was an impactful person. And I volunteer as chef in residence for Cookies for Kids Cancer. And I feel like even with that organization, that just helps me feel better about myself knowing that I'm giving back. That is amazing. That's really, really cool. 
to yeah. be impactful, right? That's a really good way to put it. I often talk about, um, you know, sharing your strengths, sharing your love. It's like the same thing, like using, using what makes you feel whole to help other people. Yes, definitely. Because that looks different for everyone. And I feel like it's such a fortunate gift that I have to be able to manifest that through food. I am curious about your next book. Oh, <laughs> rule breaking baking, baking without recipes. Because I love to cook. Like, give me, I, and one of my favorite things to do is to be like incredibly limited what there is to work with and be like, I can. My kids always joke that like <laughs> there's nothing in the fridge and they'll be like, there's no food in the house. And I'll like create something, you know? But baking, I've never been really good at because it's so precise. Right. So I. I know that's a myth. You're not working in a restaurant. Okay. So I don't need you to have it the, coming out the exact same every single time. Before- you. Because <laughs> that is never going to I'm so not a perfectionist either with this stuff. I'm like, eh, it's good enough. That's amazing because most people aren't, especially people who are drawn to baking. Uh-huh. Um, growing up on a farm. So we made everything. My grandmother baked all the time and she never measured. And historically, people didn't measure. They used their hands. So it would be a handful of flour, a pinch of this, that, and that's how I grew up baking. And I feel like when you can do that, it helps you grow because if you're a perfectionist, it pushes you out of your comfort zone. And one of the reasons why I came up with this idea was because so many of my students who cooked said, hey, listen, I hate baking because it's so precise. And I was like, you don't have to be precise. So... It's a great opportunity to teach people and push them. I love to push people out of their comfort zones because I feel like people often don't do it to themselves. Mm-hmm. So here I am if you want to be pushed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, where can people find you? Um, so my website is MelanieUnderwood.com. That's probably the best. I'm on Instagram, Chef Melanie Underwood. And I'm on a website called Kitch, K-I-T-T-C-H, where I do live cooking demos with hundreds of other creators and well-known culinary people that you can watch all these demos for free. And you can join live and ask questions or you can watch a replay. And Very it's cool. super fun. That is really, really cool. I went through a baking phase in my early 20s and I would make these free-form tarts and I measured nothing. I, I and I was making pie crusts and just I would roll them out and I didn't measure. I just figured more butter was better. Good philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would throw um, berries and sugar on top and just fold them in and bake them. And they were so beautiful. So you were already doing rule breaking baking. I was doing rule breaking baking. But I think that like enter the world and getting older and flour is bad. And I actually don't consume dairy anymore because it makes me sick, but there's lots of other things that I can use in its place. You know, all this stuff about food, I feel that, you know, the diet culture, uh, which we talk about a lot on this show and beauty and all of the images that we're bombarded by have just like destroyed the enjoyment of food for women across America. And it's so sad. I do too. And I think it particularly impacts teenage girls. Oh, the numbers are shocking. Six years ago, I decided I want to work with young people. And I started teaching culinary in high school and doing, and I'm now I'm doing my own classes for camps and just working with young people. I work with adults too, but my passion is young people because I realized how many 
mostly girls, but also boys are getting bombarded with these images that just aren't accurate. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize it because they're young and they don't know that they're photoshopped. There are all kinds of things happening. And I really, truly believe it's part of my mission to help educate them about that and make them feel good about themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the number of young girls who are trying to alter what they eat because they think they're not good enough and that it just sort of skews their relationship with food forever. Yes. It's um it's tough. It's really really tough. And then the accessibility of crap food too. Like that is one thing at least raising three kids in New York City like as soon as they're old enough First of all, like kids are given sugar everywhere, like, you know, like processed stuff, which a little goes a long way. I am by no means in the mom who's like, no Same. sugar in this house. Same. But like they get it <laughs> everywhere, like everywhere you go. They're just like given junk. Yes. And um, so it's it's like the, the, the different messages are – it's tough. You know, I – again, I never raised any girls, but raising three boys um, – Encouraging them to embrace healthy decisions has been difficult when it's like, you can have talkies. I know. Wash it down with power. TikTok. I know. I'm coming for you. Exactly. (laughs) My youngest was like, I went, he's 12, right? And he's going to and from school on his own. He's like, I tried to buy a Red Bull today and it was sugar free. And they told me I wasn't old enough. And I was like, God bless whoever, whatever, like, whatever. Uh, like morally, like <laughs> morally guided bodega owner who did because he could sell him a Red Bull, right? Yes. Anybody can drink a Red Bull, but he was like, "No, you're 12, leave." I like, love it. Amazing. That's the it takes a village, right? We got to all look out for each other. Well, and it's so hard in this like place in the world where everything is so mixed up and diverse, and we're all like we have different different values, right? And different experiences. So to come to to come together on what's important to us and to our kids, it's really really hard. It's yes. really really hard. So you got to you got to like find your tribe, right? Your tribe sets your vibe. 100%. It's hard to do that too because well, COVID. Look yes. at COVID. Like what tribe? We were all disconnected. So it's one reason I'd love doing this podcast in person because like I just don't want to look I mean Believe me, I I adore some of the ways that we're allowed, that we are able and comfortable using technology in this day and age because of COVID. But all in all, like this like connection, this energy of people in the same place and um and and finding your groove and finding your people so that you can support one another, right? Yes. Because everybody needs to be supported and connected. Yeah. Even the introverts. Even the introverts. (laughs) I'm both. I'm like part-time introvert, part-time extrovert. Like I can't decide. Like, do I want to hide or shine? (laughs) Because when you shine too much, you're like, I need to hide a little bit. Exactly. A little of this, a little of that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming today and giving us your time. I can't wait to see rule uh, rule breaking baking. Thank you. And um, check you out in all of those other locations. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. I loved having this conversation. Awesome. We'll do it again sometime. Take care. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. 
the only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.